Hello and welcome to The Wise Way. It's the 50th episode, if I can even say that this morning. And I've got a little surprise for you, or rather I haven't. I was challenged to do this by Alex Dean. So here you go, Alex. And enough about me. Straight over to you, Ben. Take the floor. <laughs> thank you, Kirsty, and thank you for, for giving me this privilege um, to present the 50th episode. You clearly have terrible taste on host, but uh, but we'll discuss that later later in the podcast. Um, so so let's let's start. For for those who haven't listened to the previous 49 episodes, tell us all about yourself. Uh, talk to us all about you, your background, and indeed your business. So that's really interesting, isn't it? When you're in the hot seat, you suddenly go, oh, I've gone blank. Um, so I started life as an actor, which is kind of very different to find myself now running a business. And um, I loved performing. I still love performing. It will always be my driving passion. And of course, I spent years studying acting techniques. So all of the training that I do today and everything that I do today culminates from my life experience. So I use Stella Zlowski in a technique in my coaching, which is very similar to what Tony Robbins will talk about with, you know, the whys and the wheres, but actually Stanislavski has seven questions that you ask to get to the driving forces behind your character. So I use those and underpin everything that I do with that. But of course, I started life working. So my first paid job was when I was eight and it was Heinz baked beans. Then I went and helped my granny and my mum working in um, catering. So from sort of eight through to all the in between the acting stuff that I did, I would do waitressing even when I was too young to do waitressing. So I kind of started working really young. You could say my parents put me out to work. Uh, I don't mean that <laughs> ridiculously. But then I got my first Saturday job working in a model railway shop and I was the stockroom girl. I then moved to a dance shop. And then from the dance shop, I moved to a big department store called Orders, stayed there on and off whilst working in Harrods and Selfridges, working in every single department within the retail store and on honestly it sounds ridiculous but I worked from perfumery to computers I mean I remember the Atari coming out the Commodore 64 <laughs> no I'm old um and of course I was there at the birth of video cam the camcorder the the VHS recorder all of these things were big moments in my life and then when I got older we sort of my 30s um it was the birth of the internet and the birth of the internet ended up, guess what? I worked for Intel and I ended up teaching people to sell PCs. And this was at the birth of Centrino and wireless platform and technology. So, and, oh, and I launched digital cameras. So when I look at what I do today, and of course then I ended up in channel sales and, and then uh, got to where I am today with KVDB. But when I look at what I do and how I help my clients, it, I can't think the word I want to use, but it brings in absolutely everything that I started to learn when I was eight years old. <laughs> no, re really fascinating. And actually, when, when you were talking about that, I could just see the real passion in your face for, for all of those stories. And, and actually, from our sort of past conversations through networking and socials, I can, I can it really tie everything together. So br brilliant to hear. One of the other things I see um, with really successful people is really successful people tend to have that really early job. Um, and, and it's a real trait that I see. Just just, um, just a little bit of a probe really around, around your acting background. Um, do, do, you miss, do you miss acting at all? And, 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 and I guess kind of the connection around that. I know that um, actors and actresses make such huge sacrifices um, and have lots and lots of jobs around the world of acting. Like, can you, can you talk to um, those listening a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so um, as an actor, you have, there's a joke, and I don't like this joke, but there was a joke about uh, what, why doesn't an actor open his curtains to the afternoon? It's mm. to give him something to do, which is absolute poppy something. Okay. Um, it's it's just not true. I used to work, when I worked as an actor, I used to run about 10 jobs. So mm. I could be working for Intel one day, the next day I could be in Harrod selling uh, Mac or Bobby Brown. The next day I could be going out and coaching um, or presenting or giving out free gifts through event management. So there was lots of different things that I did. And the acting work was wonderful when you got it. And I'm going to load that there because there is only like 1% of actors that are truly successful. And what you're doing is you are pounding the streets. There's a song called Broadway Baby from Follies. And it talks about um, walk, walking off my tired feet. Um, pounding 42nd Street to be in a show. And that is exactly what you are doing. You are going from casting to casting. At points, you are taking a, a trolley with you, a case filled with different clothes that you go into a toilet, you buy a coffee, you dive into the toilet, you get changed into the next casting, you set your hair for the next casting, you shake off the previous one, and then you go in and try and be somebody, not try, you create the new persona for the next role. And then you could go, turn up, you've done all this work, and somebody could just turn around and go, right, turn to the right, turn to the left, photo, thanks, and you're gone. And you've spent hours preparing. It is the most wonderful job when you get it. Mm. It is the hardest job when you're not doing it because you are doing everything else and you're going to the toilet when you're working in Harrods, literally checking your phone to see if your agent has called because you're half there doing the job, you're loving the job, but you're also working with other people and they're getting that call to say they're being, they've got a casting and you're sitting there going, why am I not being seen? And of course, what people forget about mm. acting is a lot of the time you're being cast because you are the right shape. You will fit the costume. Someone's mm. pulled out, and it's very rarely to do with talent. Mm, mm. I, I, yeah. I can imagine it's it's very mentally tough. You know, I I, I speak to speak to a lot lot of people that have 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 tried um, to to build a career in the world of acting, and and really come to me battered and bruised. So so certainly it's um it's a tough sector, and, and hats off to you. Um, let's let's move on um, a little bit to, to your business. I'm keen to learn more about you, um, and we'll come back to that. But let but let's um talk about your business. Um, so so I think for me the thing that's really come through is that to use the games analogy, I'm focusing on your introduction you had could almost like completed completed it in terms of built all of those skills to, to run your own business so um talk to me a little bit about um kvdb um coaching um and talk to me a little bit about why you set it up and, and where the business is today so it's an interesting one because i set up by accident and I really, really mean this. So I never intended. So as an actor, you're self-employed. So you run your business, you run you. And of course, you're running all the other jobs. So I'd run a business for over 30 years without meaning to. And then it came to a situation where my daughter started school and I wanted that flexibility. And I was desperately trying to find a job that would fit in, but one that would still use my brain. And, that's, and I don't mean that rudely. I really don't. But I didn't want to just suddenly drop everything and all those skills and those wonderful skills that I'd learned through working in channel sales and the business acumen that I then got. And the jobs that I could get were, as many mums will tell you, you're going to have to take a huge pay cut. You're going to have mm. to change the way you look at things because it's changed a lot now since COVID, but job mm. shares weren't necessarily so, um, I can't think of the word I want to use, but they weren't so readily available. Um, really? So 
I ended up launching KVDB. It was originally Opening Doors Consultancy, and I made a mistake with that. I'm really mm-hmm. open about the mistakes I've made. So I launched because I didn't. I wanted to launch as a brand, and I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to launch as me. And actually, the best decision I ever made was to drop the Opening Doors Consultancy and go out as KVD. KVDB. And what I do is I bring everything that's in my brain. I've got one client that I say to them, you just want my brain. So take a brain <laughs> dump. And that sounds really rude. But actually, it's things like, because I worked in channel sales, and I understand about pricing, and this mm. is a big thing that small business owners don't do, is we don't price correctly, particularly if we are a service. So we mm. forget to add on that we need an RRP we need a cost to the business. And then in between, there is the money that you're actually going to make. Mm. So I structure things like that. And I talk to people because I worked in retail. I talk about a retail calendar. Um, mm. And I come in and I f- kind of do a couple of things. So I fix when you haven't got a marketing team. And mm. I will come in and power you to run your marketing. And I will empower you with how to run your social media to create copy that will convert i will then take that copy and make sure that that copy is actually through your website your seo and all of that overarching communication that you're going to do the other thing that i do is i work with corporates who haven't got a marketing team and they might need a decp so a decimation exploitation and communication plan written for something like the eu so i will come Mm. in and be the brand voice for them i will do everything I can to replicate their style of what they are doing and I will develop it. And then I will fill that gap for the project lifetime if if that is required. So mm. a lot of the time, it can be that people are spending tens of thousands of pounds on a marketing agency, whereas I really firmly believe that marketing should actually be done by the people who are in your company. Sorry, everyone out there. So get a graduate in, get an, an apprentice in, train them up, get somebody who is mid-level in marketing, and then get somebody like me to come in, swoop down, and empower them to go and deliver it. But I will also look at what you are doing with your go-to-market strategy because that's what I ran when I worked for Hanwha and also Dealing because I ran the channel sales. So mm. there's a lot of stuff that I bring that even I didn't know that I bought. Mm. No, absolutely. No, no, knowing you, I imagine you get get real great reward from from going into a business and seeing those little things that they're doing wrong and, 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 and helping. Am, am, am I right to say that if I deduce that in the right well, way? So, yes, but I wouldn't say wrong because I think wrongs, uh, that puts weight on someone. And I'm really Mm. big about positive affirmation. I'm really big about lifting people up. So I don't Mm. believe anything is wrong. um, What is it? Um, A happy mistake or a magical mistake. That's what they call them. So it's not wrong. It's a magical mistake that can be Mm. twisted and and spun. Or you can take and you've done it this way. That's great. Let's see what we can do and try it. The other way, if the other way doesn't work, go back to the way that's always working. It's like a lot of people think, oh, my website's wrong. Well, actually, it probably isn't. It just might need a few tweaks. Mm. Um, Another thing that I see a lot is that people have not been consistent. And there's a lot of words that people go, you've got to be inconsistent on your socials. The thing is, it's not consistency with posting per se. Uh, Well, that was good of me. Uh, It's more about consistency with your key messages Mm. so I can go back to what I was saying two years ago and look through my posts and still see that I am talking about the same subject and topic today so two years ago when I really launched what three years ago now when I really launched it was all about video conferencing fatigue if you look at my socials 
video conferencing fatigue is highly up is up there along with my video that's just gone on youtube today video conferencing oh yeah yesterday video conferencing fatigue and that's that consistency it's not just mm. about posting three times a day it's the overarching consistent key messages going out to market mm, absolutely no re really wise advice and, and can certainly certainly relate to that um one question i do have for you because I, I hear this all the time and i, and I think while whilst i've got you I, I feel like it's it's wise <laughs> to get your expertise out in, in in this area um you did touch on this before in terms of that piece in terms of um i guess your own business is a really great example of should businesses put their name? Should they show that an individual or should they be coming across as a brand? What What's your advice? So I struggled with this and, and you know, I'm clear on it. You know, I was opening doors consultancy. I was hiding and I started launching out on social media. And then I hit this difficulty, difficult point. Do I write a post for we or do I, you know, the royal we or do I write the post for I? And it all came down to I have a brilliant woman, Chayla Hall, Wow, she um, she actually kicks me. So we all need somebody <laughs> that puts us back on on track because it's very easy as a business owner to look outside your business, but when you're looking at your own, you get it, it just becomes a myriad of mess sometimes. So you need somebody else that will cut through that noise and the mess and and get you straight. And she did that to me. And KVDB, the reason I didn't go with Kirsty Vanderbilt was not about arrogance. It was about the length of my name. <laughs> because it's long it's as long as opening doors consultancy so then it was like well kvdb and everyone knows me as kvdb you know if you meet anyone who's known me you know, it used to be the elkin when i was working as just kirsty elkin when i was in those days but after i got married it was oh yeah it's kvdb so it mm. made sense and one of the big things is look at coco chanel mm. look at ysl estee lauder and i'm just looking at the the, the, the beauty and the fashion brands but actually look at the successful brands mm. out there and they are a name mm. really big names yes you've got some trademark names but ultimately there are big named companies out there and there is a reason that we can communicate and we can we can connect to a name i know there's a thing of what's in a name that uh, from shakespeare but actually your real name shows mm. a bit of vulnerability but also mm. we want to buy from people so i do think that actually, unless you're in a real corporate environment, use your name. Absolutely. Absolutely. There, there is you that do. common phrase. Isn't there? You do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. There is that common phrase. People buy people. And um, and yeah, I, I don't think that could be that could be more true. Talking about that people buy people, please. Um, what what I would be keen to probe a little bit more about um is is why why you work with with the clients you do um what what goes through kind of your kind of planning structure when when talking to a new prospect in terms of they would be a good fit for me I would be a good fit for them why why do you work with a client so I like the companies that have got a challenge I'm going to be really honest I'm quite ballsy and and you know I'm quite I know that. I can be quite um, intimidating. I don't mean to be, but yeah, I know that I've got this big personality and I can be quite loud and, and you know, I make no apologies for that because at my age, it's taken me a long time to be comfortable in my own skin. Mm. But I like to work with quite, um, I guess my clients are quite similar that they are, they tend to be neurodiverse like myself. 
So, you know, I, I am dyslexic and dyspraxic, so I understand that. We don't mm. see things in a linear way. We like to look out the box and then it's about bringing all that out the box thinking down into a structure. So we, mm. we tend to, most of my clients tend to have a mind map, but they just want a streamline. But it's a streamline that will work for them. And because we tend to be on the neurodiverse level, it tends to work. Um, mm. I work with both men and women and mm. For me, it's all about empowerment, but mm. I tend to work with very niche engineering, actually, or technical or something that other marketers, because it's not, I don't tend to do fluffy stuff. Mm. I don't mean that rudely again, um, but I tend, as much as I have a background in, in skincare and makeup, I've only got one client that does skincare and makeup. Um, so most of my clients are engineering or, again, because I suppose I worked in IT and technical the stuff I work on tends to have some kind of technical aspect to it. And because other marketers might not have my background, that's where I can add value. And mm. the reason people work with me is because I do a thing called listening. So I know it's really strange, but, you know, years ago I learned we've got two of these and one of these. <laughs> so I try to keep this one shut. And mm. rather than bombarding them with ideas, I try to get by starting with what their end result is. And it's like, what do you want? Um, and I don't tell them what to do. That's the the big thing. I work with them and I become part mm. of their team. Mm. So I don't sit there and go, you must, because that's pressure. Uh, you will. It's pressure. I'm, I'm always about, how about, and let's explore. Okay, why don't you want to do that? That's fine. Let's not do that. I put a video mm. out about don't go on camera if you don't want to. Because it's important. If you don't want to go on camera, don't do it. Exactly. Stop listening to all the noise out there. So I try to build a structured plan that is deliverable by them, that works for them, that will get them to the end result without giving them a huge amount of overwhelm. Because if you're a small business or even a large business without a marketing team, nobody's got time. Mm. So I try to create by using content that you've already got and repurposing it, a structured mm. plan that will streamline <laughs> and deliver a good return of investment of the investment you give to me by paying me but give you the end result that you want mm, no re really good advice really good advice and, and just continuing on that to, just to probe a little bit more I, I think there's always a bit of fear isn't there around marketing I think that if you're a marketeer it's it, you love it you smile like like you're smiling right now <laughs> but I think that for, for some businesses particularly in that space that you were talking about in terms of engineering and certain types of technology um a couple of businesses are coming to mind at the moment um it is it, it's it's quite scary isn't it taking that step in terms of um working with somebody like yourself um in terms of building that marketing building that sales funnel be, building that client client strategy is does it need to be scary and 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 can you can you talk through somebody who's listening at home or listening in their office what what they could potentially expect from having that initial conversation with you and what, and what that looks like so it goes back to, to totally listening. The first thing we always start off with is a strategy meeting. And that strategy meeting is a brain dump. And it really is, I want to hear everything about your business. And we sit down and we do different exercises and those exercises will get us down to hone it all the way, you're exhausted at the end of it and so am I. I'm not gonna say I'm not, it's three hours of intensive, your business. And sometimes it needs to be two. And we hone it right the way down to, this is why people come to you. This is what you do. This is how you serve. And this is how somebody feels 
when they work with you or they buy from you. So we create this whole structure and it takes a lot. It's a lot of work. But it, the from there, we've then got the foundation for your marketing. And what's really interesting, every time I do it, the customer has the answers. They've just never had the sounding board, the person sitting the other side to go, right, let's write that down. Let's write this one. Let's put that there. Let's put it there. And it's this huge, I mean, it's huge. But my goodness, you've got years of content after that. And if, and a lot of times I just do the strategy meeting and then people fly. And it can just be that intensive, let me listen to your business. Okay. I also look at what you're already doing. So before we have that strategy meeting, I've gone and looked at all your socials. I looked at your website. I've already come with ideas mm. in my own head that I know that I think could twist and tweak with tweaks. And I don't talk about, mm. I, I'm not about erasing everything and starting again. I am mm. about tweaking and tweaking and tweaking because marketing evolves. And one thing that you also, I was talking about this yesterday, um, you don't necessarily want to plan your marketing too far in ahead. You might mm. have an overarching plan, but mm. things happen covid we have disasters that happen and if you've got your marketing planned to go out and it's not appropriate for something that's just happened you need to get it down quickly so sometimes if you're planning too far in advance you need to really think about have i got the space to react to something if it happens so you need to be have your plan behind but not just have it all structured ready scheduled to go out because if you've scheduled it you've then got to go back in and unschedule it so there is a, a, a sweet spot about not scheduling too far advance as well absolutely no i can definitely resonate with that um as as, as you know um I, I host a radio show and um we we record the radio show in advance and we we had a guest on that was amazing really really good um but working within the hr space and something happened very big within her organization it was all over the papers all over central news bbc news and the show was going out on the sunday as sunday morning news was saying exactly what happened so we all make mistakes don't we and, and uh, as i'm sure you can imagine um, uh, that was uh, yeah, a little bit stressful, a little bit stressful. Um, Kirsty, I, I think I think one of the things that um, I've I've always really um, admired about you, and I think um, always really really come through is is just strength for the people around you. Um, I th I, th I can think of five or six times that that I've seen you really really supporting somebody and really. I guess um, being be that that shoulder, but also that 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 rock. I guess who 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 is your I guess why and who is your rock? Who inspires you, whether that be business or personal? So it's my husband, hundred percent, Dennis. Um, wow, when he came into my life, it was just like I didn't know I needed someone like Dennis. Um, I didn't know. Uh, I'd, I'd had quite a, and most people know this, I'd had quite a up and down life. It had been, mm. there'd been some lots of trauma within that, within that life. It's not been easy at times. And mm. when I met Dennis, I was very defensive. I was still desperately trying to be an actor and, I, and still trying to juggling all these jobs. And mm. um, my husband just cuts through everything. He is the voice. He can give me a look across the, the, the room. I know instantly what he's thinking. He's the only person interesting that can, pull me back and calm me down. He is 100% my rock. Um, and he is the person that keeps me straight. He is the person that gave me the seed money for the business, the first £2,000. Um, he, he has me and I have him. And 
we have such a beautiful, wonderful Hope family life. And of course, my daughter, um, she is brilliant at cutting through anything. So uh, my family, you know, my husband, my daughter, my mum is really good. I'm on the phone to my mum at least uh, three times a week, normally on the school run. She has no idea what I'm talking about. She says to me, um, I used to understand what you talk about, but now I've got no idea. And I'm listening, but it's going over my head. And remember, I'm retired and it's it's, it's hurting now. <laughs> And I can hear my dad in the background going, all right there, uh, what is it today? <laughs> and then my brother who works, uh, he's there as well. So when it gets too much, and particularly with HR stuff and, and you know, I've got some stuff I've got to sort out today, I can lean on, on Graham. So my family is really important to me and they are my rock. We've gone through a lot of stuff together. Uh, but Dennis was is my lasso. He holds me firmly to terra firma. <laughs> No, absolutely. No, absolutely. And 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 just just building on that, that you know that 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 was a really really honest overview. But but knowing me, I like to turn things into a vice. <laughs> um, going from from being in 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 a tough place and and not knowing you needed that support and then having that support, what what would be your advice to um potentially somebody listening who 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 feels that they were in that place that you were before you met Dennis? What like what, what did you need to do to to let Dennis in? It's really interesting. That's a really good question because I didn't realise just how lonely I, I was. I'd become very independent, mm. too independent. I'd become very resilient on myself um, and I didn't let anyone in. And mm. I think what the difference here was Dennis never told me what to do. Okay. Um, and I'd got to that point where if somebody told me what to do, then um, I, it was almost like I, was, I couldn't accept it was not that I couldn't accept advice, but I'd become very self, too self-reliant. So I'd been right down at the depths, you know, I'd been divorced and um, suddenly I was running lots and lots of jobs. I was very successful at running the jobs, but I was tired. I was exhausted mm. and I needed somebody to just stand in my way mm. and stop me. And that's exactly what he did. And I think the way he did it, and I, I think back to this because he's younger than me and I wouldn't go out with him because he's younger than me. Um, he just stayed as a steady heartbeat. So I guess the thing is, if you're, if you find somebody that you know is worth it, mm -hmm. that you know has a real, really soft heart, because I do, I'm, I'm soft as putty, but I come across as tough as nails. But if you've got somebody who is, you can see that they are really worth it, or you know mm -hmm. that you've become tough as nails, Look for the person that is your is the consistent heartbeat in your life. Mm. The person who is just always there. The mm. person who is just, I don't know, um, going down to your parents and putting your belongings in the back of the car because you're, you're refusing to move in with them. But you you get back to their house and you find that your belongings are in the back of the car. Find that person, <laughs> the person who is just constantly there. And if you are closed off like I was, mm. take the blinkers off. Trust. Mm because I'd lost my trust, I'd lost my faith, mm. um, I'd lost my belief because the divorce really hurt me. I'm not going to sit there and say it didn't. It it, mm. it, it had to happen. Um, it had to happen because for, for both of us, it, we, we were both in a toxic situation and it had to happen. It doesn't mean that it was an easy decision to make. Uh, you know, I'd really? been married by that point by for 12 years. I've now been married and, and with Dennis longer, but I still care about that person. So I think what Dennis did for me was he allowed me to, that's what he did. He allowed me to still care for the person 
that I'd left without any jealousy. Mm. He said it was okay. Whereas other people that I'd been hanging out with, that I'd gone out with, felt uncomfortable about having me having an, an, an ex-partner of, mm. of you know, quite a big ex-partner. Um, whereas Dennis was like, yeah, I'm not threatened by that. Yeah. So I, I guess that's that's it's difficult to say what would I do as advice, but I would say to somebody who is in my position, look for the constant support mm. and the heartbeat, and just lift those blinkers. Mm, mm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you there because because I think I think that that sentence you said it's it's difficult to say what I would do as advice. I, th- I think you're absolutely wrong because you've just given a, a good three <laughs> minutes of really solid advice there. So um so I'm pushing back on you on 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 your own the wise why episode fifty. Who would have thought it? Right. I think it's because I don't like giving advice. It goes back to how I work. I want to listen to what people want and the end result. So. Um, I think advice is lovely. Um, it happened yesterday. Someone said to me, you know, I, I'm not charging enough. So I just turned it back on them. I didn't give them the advice, but they thanked me for my advice. And I was like, but you said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, always good. Always good. Um, let's let's go back to something you touched on there. I mean, you skim past it in terms of um, in your own life, in terms of that you were working lots of different jobs. And, and it is and, and wearing many hats and, and that is a real trait of an entrepreneur isn't it say mm-hmm. saying yes 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 seeing opportunities and doing them um what what's your advice under 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 that umbrella and what have been your own experiences and what what would you say to the, those listening in terms of um is it is it fine to wear lots of hats is it fine to overwork yourself is it fine to do all of these things um or in hindsight should you maybe not you should say no you should learn to say no. You have to learn. The one thing I keep banging on about at the moment is boundaries. And um, you have to know your no. If you don't know your no, you will burn out. So learning my no came at a price for me. It came at a price that I didn't recognize it. And I blew my life up. So um, I went to an event, working in events, and I was unprofessional. I was totally unprofessional because I didn't recognize I was burnt out. If I had realized at that point, I wouldn't have gone to the event. I would have said no. Uh, The contract that I was supposed to be working on, I knew was a no for me. I knew it was a no, but I didn't have the guts to say no. And I blew my life up. So know your no. It's so important. And I now stand by that. And I will say no (laughs) when I need to. And that includes leaving a job. So if you stay in a job too long, you become toxic. Recognize it. Um, I stayed too long in my last job. I became toxic. I'm very honest about that. Um, I didn't say no quickly enough. I knew I was saying no because I was looking for other work. Sorry, Manisha. Um, (laughs) But uh, really sorry. But I didn't know how to say no. So there's been a couple of times where I didn't say no quick enough. Mm. But now I say no. And, Mm. And I swear everybody, the one thing you must do as an entrepreneur, the one thing you must do as a small business owner is know where your limit is. Mm-hmm. no really really good advice really good advice let's let's get back into the um kvdb coaching let let's let's get back on that and let let's talk about these three years so over the three years what what have been your mistakes what have been your hurdles along the lines <laughs> what what have been the bits that actually in hindsight if you were to rewind and and do the business again what what would you have done differently so my branding first of all oh my god Goodness, um, I didn't take advice, and I, I'd set up a business 
I guess the first thing is overwhelm, mm. uh, imposter syndrome, all of these buzzwords that we talk about, but actually overcoming them was really, really important. So I set up at the beginning of COVID and then closed the business down and went dormant for a year because it wasn't it wasn't the time. Um, so I couldn't change that. But then mm. when I did launch, um, I launched backwards, actually. So I would always start with a website now. I would never start with a social media page. I would mm. always start with my website because your website is where you disseminate everything from. Your website mm. is the most important aspect of your business. You want to put everything on your website and then mm. put it all out across your socials. So I would say start your, your website first. I would not have spent hours and hours and hours building my own website. I would have outsourced that right at the beginning if I had known what it would do for my business. I wouldn't have changed, I would have changed my name. I would have come straight out and been brave with KVDB, but I wasn't ready to be brave and come out with KVDB. There was a lot of acting stuff still on my back and I needed to learn to do that. I would have started going on camera earlier. I would have launched a podcast earlier because this is an accidental podcast, just like my business was an accidental business. And yet these two things are the things that changed things in my entire life. Um, so I'd have been braver and not worried about what everybody else was going to say. And one thing I've learned is there are, everyone's got an opinion on what you should, mm. must, could do. But actually you've got to trust your head and your heart and follow that. But I'm going to turn this back on you and go, I'm sure you have done the same things. Yeah, no, def de definitely. Um, I I always plan to set up my own business at some point. Was that going to be a recruitment business? I had no idea, and I probably hadn't considered it. And I was asked whether I'd set up a recruitment business with 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 Mike Terry, the Terry and Thompson and Terry, um, and 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 it has and it's worked well. But actually, over those period of times, I think that you know we we started the business with um, a bit of a backwards idea in terms of we we both put 250 quid into the business but we both had sal we both said that we won't take any money out of the business so we had salaries behind us so um so i think i what that probably did in the first year in some ways has made us a little bit lazy in some ways because i think that we absolutely um were driven to get our values out and to get our brand out and all of those kind of things but actually we weren't too worried about revenue and i think that actually revenue is always a big part of a commercial business and i think when we got into year two from the first month of year two revenue was double any other month in year one without doing anything differently and i think it was the fact that we knew that then it's got to start paying us a salary. Um, I think the thing that I always get challenged on under the marketing umbrella, which I still think I did the right thing, and I was strong, was keeping the brand Thompson and Terry when I when I bought bought the business out in 2018. Um, and the reason for that is that Mike's Mike's great. Um, you know, I get on with him really well, and we just I just wanted to buy him out because I wanted to have the whole pie and I wanted to put my stamp on it and. But Mike was was good. You know, there was nothing that I wasn't proud of about the business. And we had built a brand. We ranked well on Google. We had and only really small things. And it probably wasn't about the money. But we had, you know, a reputation. We had people knowing us, people liking us, people trusting us. And actually, six years or five years down the line, I can't do maths, clearly. Five years down the line, <laughs> and for people to say, oh, who's Terry? For me to say that story and for actually say, yeah, he he was one of the founders and I bought him out five years ago. 
I, I, I don't mind that. So, so I think that that was, that was wise. I think that, um, I think the biggest, the biggest mistake that I did, that I ever made in business a million times over is once I did the really wrong thing. Um, and I think that when I bought the business out, you always, um, you always think, do you know what? You need to put your stamp on it. And and there was one one scenario that I'd read lots of business books and I decided, do you know what? I want to scale. I literally tripled my marketing spend. I doubled the size of the office. I doubled the size of the workforce. And I really, really went for it within a month after buying the business out. And actually, I think that I took one hire that I probably shouldn't have done. They approached me, but nevertheless, I probably shouldn't have done. And actually, I've always regretted that. And and actually, that what I was probably trying to do with the business was to grow it to be something that wasn't me because I'd spent a lot of money buying it out. And then actually, within three months, I really realized that that was a mistake and we scaled back down to where we were before. And I think that our business was a lot stronger for it. So there's definitely positives. But nevertheless, I've definitely, definitely, definitely made mistakes along the line. And I love that the the scaling up business because I'm a, I'm just about to do that. I'm coming off this call and I'm talking to somebody and I'm having that. Oh, what what where? How do I employ them? How do I work with them? And you know, IR thirty five is a a concern. I was reading about that last night, and and it is that scale of how do you do it? And and I've wanted to do it very similarly, but without I I very much want to run the business with money in, money out, mm. so the business has no debt. Um, and you know, I haven't, I've taken a little bit of a salary, but not a huge salary. Mm. Um, and this is the first year that I can take a salary, uh, mm. but it won't be huge, but it's nice. And it, it's, but I also need to invest because, mm. and, and something that you touched on there, what is the best use of our time? And mm. uh, my time is not necessarily spent doing my own marketing, which sounds a bit crazy. And I don't mean not using my own voice because I, I refuse mm. to have someone else answer any posts. But the designing and the execution and the post, the, the actual putting out of the post, maybe it's not the best use of my time because I earn more going out and helping other people. So, yeah, I think that's the, the, uh, the mistake that a lot of people also make is we aren't prepared to give a bit of our, our business away because mm. we're scared. But you did it bravely. Mm. So I think hats off to you. I'm going to clap. So I get to do a question because I've seen the time. So I get to do a question to you. <laughs> I have to say it is weird sitting in the the guest seat. It's it's been very interesting, but also very strange. Um, <laughs> so I've got to ask you a question, of course, and then I've got to think about it. I want to know because you're quite you you're, you're young, okay? If you hmm. bought the business out in 2018, you're still really young. You're a young entrepreneur. So hmm. what advice have you got? For somebody who might be at school, maybe 18, 19, knows they want to launch a business, but isn't doesn't have the confidence or doesn't quite know what, as you said, you fell into recruitment. What mm. advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? Gosh, that's a good question. I can tell you do this as a job, Kirsty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, for, for me, I, I think the my biggest piece of advice is the toughest 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 part of running a business is actually making that decision to start doing it um and i appreciate that's such a corporate answer so i'm going to build on that a little bit um when you're x age with 
children and families and mortgages, et cetera, et cetera. You absolutely have stuff to lose. But I think that as that 18 year old, and I think my probably biggest regret isn't setting up a business earlier. I was very calculated in what I was doing in terms of each role to build my skill set um, to be able to run a business. But actually, in reality, I think if I look back to that 18 year old self, I think it would have took me a little bit longer to get to the stage where I could run a really good business. But actually, most most 18 year olds, not all with different circumstances, but most 18 year olds live at home with with family and and have quite, quite low outgoings. And I think that if you are in that scenario, I always think that society teaches us that we need to earn a good salary, that we need to have a nice car and we need to have, if you're 18, nice trainers. But actually, I think I would always say, what is the worst that could happen and what would be the result if the business didn't work? So I think if you've got a dream and you want to try and run your own business at 18, and and I set up my business at 23, um, and I think... I would have done it five years. Yeah, I, I would have done it maybe, maybe even sooner than that. No, I'd have probably done it at 1920, I think. Um, but I think that if you've got that dream, think about have you what have you got to lose? I think that if your decisions are going to impact others, you need to think very, very long and hard, very, very long and hard. But if your decisions are going to mean that you can't go to where do the kids go now? Ibiza um, on, 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 on your holiday or Marbella or whatever. It was uh, Magaluf and Benidorm in my day. Anyway, that's another story. Um, th- 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 there's not that much. You know, when I set up my business, I sold my fancy car. Um, that, that paid for my my year of salary. And, and actually, I think that the sooner you start, the sooner you'll start your learning. And actually, by the time you get to the stage where you would have done it previously you're probably going to be a lot more steps ahead and actually as a recruiter worst case scenario if you're 18 you set up your own business do it for two years and it doesn't work you're still going to be able to get just as good job as a 20 year old who's had two years in their working career so really if you want to do it it's tough surround yourself with really great people think don't think about your business costs and if you haven't got the risk do it. Surround yourself with good people. There's lots of people in Oxfordshire, two of them on this call, that will help you. Um, and 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 just do it. Just do it. To use the phrase of Nike. There we go. I, I love it. I absolutely love that advice. So I'm going to come off here and I'm going to get you, before we you, you come off this call in the studio space, I'm going to get you booked on so we can explore your whys. But thank you very much for stepping into the host seat. Uh, yeah, the hot seat. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for asking me.